everybody. Today is a great day. This is the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast, and I'm your host, Abigail Cole from Abby Doodle Productions Videography. On this episode, I talked to Ashton Kelly from Ashton Kelly Photography. Ashton is a Baltimore-based wedding photographer, creative mentor, and workshop host, among many other things. She lives in Baltimore with her husband and three dogs, and about two years ago, she totally rebranded her photography business, which is mostly what we're talking about today, and how important that is as a business and to represent yourself to the clients you want to attract. So let's jump right in. So I am here with Ashton Kelly Photography. We're so glad you're with us, Ashton. Uh, Do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah. uh, First of all, I'm so excited to be here. I'm really excited you're doing this, and I can't wait to hear all the other episodes that you're recording. Um, My name's Ashton. I am a Baltimore wedding photographer. I live in Patterson Park with my husband and our three dogs. We are so in love with the city. We are huge advocates for kind of like growing old here in the city. My husband is the president of the Patterson Park Neighborhood Association, and we've just kind of set up camp here with our little doggos. That's awesome. Um, And how did you come to photography as a career? I found photography at a really, really young age. We started doing it in groups in elementary school. My parents bought me a camera when I was in high school. Um, so it was always kind of a hobby of mine. And I kind of followed a path into retail management. I took a business route with my career and I just wasn't really happy. So I started doing photography on the side and within a year I was full-time. Wow. That's awesome. Did you start um, in one particular field? Did you kind of do it all? Do you still do it all? What do you specialize in? So the funny thing is, is that when I started taking on weddings, I was actually doing it from a wedding planning perspective. Uh, And I got the camera to kind of help me photograph the things that I was creating for my brides. And I realized really quickly that that was much more of my passion. And so I jumped straight into weddings, but I was doing everything from the get go. So, you know, anything anyone would pay me for, I was totally willing to shoot it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I think that's interesting because even as a videographer, I've thought a lot about, well, I've already coordinated my own shoots and I know the ins and out of it. I think a lot of creatives in this field feel like they could bounce between a few different wedding categories. Um, I think it's really hard to choose sometimes. It's all it's all really exciting. It is. And you wear so many hats, even mm. as just a photographer. I think there's a lot of coordination skills that go into what we're doing. So once you've done it for so many years, it almost becomes a second nature to want to expand that into, like you said, styled shoots and other things. Yes. Um, we are our own small business in this field. So I think it's a lot more business stuff than people realize we're doing our own uh, taxes and contracts and invoicing and customer service and all that. So yeah, so more on the business side of things, one of the things that really drew me to you and your um, presence online is um, how well you brand yourself. Um, it's just like a big, beautiful, colorful grid and and um, and I love, love, love that about your style. So I really wanted to talk to you about how you found that really colorful, vibrant style for your work. Oh, well, first of all, thank you. Because I think anybody that notices what you're trying to portray with your brand, that's like the ultimate compliment. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're all just trying to like get those branding words across in one way or another. So sure. thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a hard thing for me because, you know, when you start out in the industry and you're self-taught, you're kind of following this path of 
trying to navigate what it is that you want to do, how it is that you want your stuff to look, and and definitely gauging it against the saturated market that is out there because yeah, there are yeah. so many people doing it and there are so many people doing it differently. So it's really kind of trying to find your voice. And, um, you know, I went through a big phase in like my fourth year where I was going to a lot of workshops and I was getting a lot of education from a lot of different people. And I think in that point in time, I was really trying to do what I thought everyone wanted me to do, Mm -hmm. um, which was just stay on trend. And, and that was working for me, but it wasn't feeding me creatively. Um, so, you know, about two years ago, I just kind of said, I think this is a time where I really need to just pull back and be me because I don't feel 100% myself. I feel like when you go to my website, you see the polished 70% of me and, um, I'm a hot mess like that other 30%. And I think it's okay to let people know that because they relate to it. So I kind of opened the floodgates and we rebranded. Um, I started throwing a lot more color into my Instagram, as you mentioned, and, the response was just really great. And, and, and I do feel myself now. I feel like when I go to my own Instagram account or my own Facebook account, I'm very, very represented there. I love that. Um, after you switched, did you feel a, a shift in your following? Did you feel like you got a lot of growth out of that once you became really authentic with your brand? Yes. I think once you become more unapologetic about what you're not doing, it frees you up to be excited about the things that you are doing. And so, you know, when I, when I shifted those gears, I definitely saw a change in not just the following, but the response that I was getting from people. Mm -hmm. Um, and not just that, but like enjoying social media more because it's a job. It's a full, Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) Uh, but I, I, enjoy it now. You know, I don't, I don't dread my social media time. And I think that's another huge difference too, because it's so hard to post when you don't feel motivated to do so. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you have to find a way to enjoy that. And I think one of the ways to do that is to just show up really, really being yourself so that you don't feel like you're showing up to put on a mask every day, because that will definitely make you not want to be on social media. Yeah, absolutely. I love that too. Um, So diving into that a little bit more, how did you kind of gauge the, like how to show that hot mess side of you maybe a little bit more and like what to, what was kind of safe to post on your business page rather than just keep it all personal? Yeah. So my, my first thing is, it's like, I really try to keep it positive. So, you know, there's a difference between showing up and being very natural, like a bedhead and you just woke up and, and being real with people that you didn't put on makeup that day, or maybe you don't even have a little bra. That's cool. Like, I appreciate that. I would like to wear a bra less. Um, (laughs) but then, you know, you have your other side where it's ranting and, and it's just, you feel like you're being real, but there's like a little bit of negativity behind it. So Mm -hmm. I, I really try to keep it positive in every way, shape and form, even when it is those real posts. But I think the easiest way to do that is to kind of treat it like a day in the life. I think people put a lot of pressure on themselves to, have certain content when in reality, I don't think people are looking that closely. They just want to feel like they're a part of your life. And sometimes that's as easy as posting a picture of your computer and saying office day. 
and, and we make it harder for ourselves than it really needs to be by thinking that it needs to be as perfect as what we're throwing in our newsfeed. Absolutely. I know in particular your Instagram presence is pretty large and that's sort of where I do most of my Ashton stalking. Um, and do you feel like you incorporate your personality more into posts, more into stories? Where do you find like that's the, the best for engagement? Um, I think stories is really where engagement is happening right now. Uh, just as a overall theme mm-hmm. in Instagram, I think people are spending more time in their stories than they are in their newsfeed. And, you know, as much as I pour myself into my captions, I don't think people are stopping and reading every single one of those. Mm-hmm. So I do think that it's much easier to engage with people through your stories because you can actually speak to them. Um, you know, you're actually sitting there and having a conversation. And I really like to treat my stories like I'm speaking not to my following, but to my friends. You guys are people I want to be friends with. That's why you're following me. So why wouldn't I talk to you like I would welcome you into my home and have this conversation, period. And I've noticed, too, doing more behind-the-scenes stuff lately that that seems to be a really good way to engage, especially, like, future clients or, you know, clients that um, – whose wedding you haven't filmed yet uh, because they kind of like get to know you, especially like on a wedding day and kind of see how you work. So have you incorporated that into your stories at all? Yeah. So I actually do a really cool thing with my Instagram stories where on a wedding day or the day, the night before a wedding day, I start a highlight tab for my couple. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things I want to do is actually start doing this during their engagement session. But for now, I do it on their wedding day, mm-hmm. and then that way, all through the day, as we're doing behind the scenes on Instagram, they can be highlighted in their tab so that a few weeks later, when I go back and I add highlights from their actual wedding photos, I can add those to their tab as well. And then they kind of have like a documentation from start to finish of, you know, what we were doing on that day and then how those photos turned out, which, like you said, I think is really, really great for potential clients to see. So when you're getting inquiries, do you find that people are gravitated toward your style? Do you feel like people are coming to you not super educated about photography styles? What has your experience been with that? I think this last year, brides have definitely started using the words to me that they love how bright and colorful my images are. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if that means that they know the difference in overall styles. Sure. And that's totally fine. But I think a bride sees something and and she knows what she wants. And I think branding is super important in that also because we're kind of gauging all of our work, not just our stylistically edited work, Mm -hmm. but our website branding, all of that toward that bride that we're looking for as well. Because I know I have, (laughs) I kind of have like a formula myself as a bride. So I, I have my Jenna is what I call her. And (laughs) and I know exactly like where she shops and and what she does for a living and the type of things that she's looking for in her wedding photography. Um, And if I feel when I'm inquiring with those brides that they're maybe not a Jenna, Mm -hmm. it's so great because I know other stylistic editing and brand photography personality wise that I can refer them to other photographers. Yeah, I think that's important to to talk about as well. Like we, especially as we get more confident in our own branding and our own styles and our own businesses, we don't need to take every single client and we're really truly looking for the best fit um, for both us and our clients. So if we're feeling like, 
you know, we're not going to serve this couple the best that we possibly can. It's nice to have that network to, to refer out. Yeah, I agree. And I also kind of feel with brides that, um, you know, are on the fence. It's, it's a nice thing to be able to refer them to someone who will serve them better. Mm -hmm. And they will remember that because they are inevitably going to know someone who's getting married that may be, like I said, a Jenna, maybe their friend is a Jenna Mm -hmm. and I end up being perfect for her. And they still refer me because I treated them so great in the Mm -hmm. process of figuring out we weren't the right fit. When you were rebranding, did you make a conscious effort to kind of match your style to something maybe you were inspired by? How did you really get to a place where bright and colorful were like your big brand words? I think bright and colorful were kind of always on my radar as brand words. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, as mentioned earlier, I, I wasn't fully just doing it. You know, (laughs) I I didn't accept my words. I was like, these are the words that I want, but I'm going to stay in the safe zone of, you know, pretty romantic pictures. Um, I'm not going to take it over the top because I was scared Mm -hmm. to do that. So I, I, I did do, uh, a rebrand about two years ago with Beachside Studios and uh, Makayla custom designed everything. And the cool thing about that was we did a lot of work together to talk about what I wanted, talk about what I wanted my clients to feel, talk about my past clients. She interviewed my past clients. Wow. Uh, and then everything kind of came together. And I didn't necessarily pick a scheme or colors or anything like that. It was really developed for me. And so I take no shame in saying that, you know, I was very tearful when I saw everything come together because I, I felt like it was such a good job. She did such an amazing job. Oh, I bet. Wow. I bet that was amazing. At the end of each episode, I love to ask for kind of a uplifting or inspiring either moment in your career or something you're working on right now. So if you wouldn't mind sharing that with me. Oh yeah. So my branding has led me to so many amazing opportunities and especially this year, I have been given the chance to attend and speak at so many more workshops and things like that. So, you know, something that I feel like I guess was really like a milestone for me is that a few years ago, I did a one-on-one session with Natalie Frank and, uh, it was amazing. And I just think she's phenomenal. Um, and this year I am going to be speaking alongside her at Imperfect Boss Camp. So that's so cool. Yeah. It feels really, really amazing to see kind of how far that I've come in the industry and to be able to, um, stand alongside people that I really admire. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That is really an awesome opportunity. And is there one pro tip that you would give to brides listening? Yes. Brides. Timelines, super important. Mm. Um, especially for photographers. And I think that usually, you know, the the things that kind of fall apart are those like pre-wedding things where we're getting ready and everything kind of rolls into the end of the day. And when it happens, it all kind of falls on us to make up and we will do it every single time. But it is so, so important to prep your pre-wedding team to make sure that that ceremony and everything that's supposed to happen before the ceremony happens on time. Definitely. That's a really good piece of advice. And then how about one pro tip for maybe other photographers or wedding vendors listening? For photographers, since we've kind of talked about social media and this crazy world that we're in. I think a story that I would like to share is kind of about the swipe up feature. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So I think everyone kind of wants to have 10K so they can have that swipe up feature. And I've been doing a little analytical research on that because I think there's a lot of swipe up envy. And I wanted to kind of see if it was all that it was cracked up to be. Uh, So I utilized mine this week and I got about 332 views on my blog. Mm -hmm. And of those, all of them came from Facebook but 40. Wow. And I did. <laughs> I did an IG swipe up story to this blog. I did a IG post for this blog. And of the 332, only 40 of those came from outside sources. So wow. maybe less than 40 of those came from the swipe up feature. And I, I say that just because I think, you know, we put so much pressure on ourselves to have X amount of followers or all the features that so-and-so has. Mm-hmm. And you know, at the end of the day, my best piece of advice for social media is just to show up and be consistent. Awesome. I think that's important. That's really awesome. And then just tell us where people could find you. Oh, people can find me everywhere. I am at Ashton Kelly Photography on Instagram, K-E-L-L-E-Y. I am Ashton Kelly Photography on Facebook. I am pretty much Ashton Kelly Photography everywhere. So I realize that's long, but Ashton Kelly was taken. So, <laughs> Well, thank you so, so much for being on this podcast. I'm so excited to, to have you and, and to have chatted with you today. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. You can go into the show notes and find all of Ashton's information. Hop on over to her Instagram, Facebook website, show her some love. We're on Instagram at DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. You can comment on her posts. Let us know what you loved about this episode. And feel free to shoot us a DM if you've got someone in mind that you'd love to hear from. If you're on Apple, you can rate and review us. Let future listeners know what they can expect and why they should tune in. Till next time.